grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. The words of our Lord and our text for today. These are some of the most vexing words of Jesus that we hear in the gospel, or at least of those words that we hear regularly on Sundays. When students are studying the parables in their sermon classes at seminary, they're offered the opportunity to pick which parable they'd like to preach on. If a student should pick today's and preach it well, they get an automatic A in the course. Nobody picks today's text. I certainly didn't. As we learned last week, one benefit of the lectionary is that it forces us to sometimes go outside of our comfort zone, uh, just as we were last week and we will be again next week. Not everything that our Lord says is easy. And the problem isn't with what he says, but with us sinners who hear it. Today's text is difficult, not just because the story is somewhat strange, but also because of what it's about. Stuff, things, worldly possessions, and, and how to use them. None of us like to be told how to do things or what we should do with what we think belongs to us. Yet that's what Jesus does today. The truth is, the things that we have aren't really ours. They're God's. We are only the managers. Therefore, Jesus encourages us to use our worldly possessions in God-pleasing ways, while also promising to forgive us when we do fail. The first thing to do when interpreting a biblical text is to look at it in context. We must look at the verses surrounding a passage so that we can learn the setting, who these words were spoken by and to whom, when, and perhaps for what purpose. If we do that with our text today, we find that as the gospel started, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. But there's a little more going on. The parable today follows in the same conversation Jesus has been having for a couple chapters. This parable follows right after the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Jesus told those because the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled that 
our Lord receives and eats with tax collectors and sinners, they said. Well, evidently, Jesus quieted them down for a bit, but the the Pharisees and the scribes are, are still in the background and listening in as Jesus taught the disciples today's parable. St. Luke tells us right afterward, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, he says, heard all these things. The parable today might be as much for their benefit as the disciples and ours. Our Lord starts the parable by saying, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. This much we understand. A rich landowner assigns management of his property to a manager and a manager squanders it. In the Greek, the manager does the same thing the prodigal son did with his inheritance. He wasted it in reckless living. The rich man receives word of this and he demands an accounting from the manager. Now, this is where the manager thinks quickly. He said to himself that he's not strong enough to dig and he would be ashamed to beg. Then he figured out what to do. Jesus said, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? The debtor said, a hundred measures of oil. The manager said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. This went on with all the other debtors as well. Now comes a confusing part. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. The master didn't praise him in the sense that the manager's dishonesty should be replicated, but that the manager's singular focus on achieving his goal with what was available to him was commendable. The manager's goal was to continue in his life of comfort, and he used his means to make that happen. Though dishonest, he still understood how to use his earthly possessions to make friends for himself. That gets us nearer, perhaps, to what we should take away from the text today. In the parable, the master represents God. A few weeks back, we heard the feeding of the 4,000, and I had us speak together the first article of the creed. We confess in the first article that God the Father Almighty is the maker of heaven and earth. Everything that exists came into existence out of nothing by his work alone. Because God made everything, everything belongs to him. The Holy Spirit teaches us this, for example, in Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. 
for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. All things belong to our God because he created them. We belong to God because he created us. Yet as we learn from Genesis, our Lord does place part of creation beneath our care. God cares for us and we care for others through what God gives us. In other words, we are managers of what God creates and gives. God blesses us by giving us everything that we have. All of our stuff, our things, our earthly possessions belong to God. But he gives them to us so that we might use them in faithful ways. We use our possessions faithfully first when we use them to God's glory. This happens when we give of what of ours to support the work of the church, whether financially or through our time and talents. When we give to beautify the sanctuary or to enhance the worship that happens there, that is really to God's glory. When we give to support the spread of the gospel, that is a faithful use of our possessions. We are only managers of what God gives, and we should use what he does place into our hands for his glory. We should also use what God gives for the help and support of those whom he places in our lives. Fathers, you are called by God to support your wives and children, and the possessions you have are to be used to that end. Likewise, mothers. Since we all live in the world, we also have neighbors, many of whom are in need. When we have the means and the opportunity to do so within our vocations, we should do good to all with what God gives us. In the third place, we may use what God gives on ourselves. We are not called to impoverish ourselves. We are free to enjoy God's good creation and the blessings he gives, to, to have hobbies and interests. But we should devote ourselves to those things only after caring for those whom God placed in our lives and supporting the work and worship of his church. The master in the parable praised the manager for his devotion to his goal. He had priorities, he stuck to them, and he used his means to achieve his goal. Do we? We are Christians. We have been called to faith by the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word and in the washing of holy baptism. Through these things, we have received the forgiveness of our sins and entrance into eternal life. We know, and we are reminded today, that what we have comes from God and should be used for his glory and the support of our neighbor. Only after that should we dote on ourselves. 
But is that how we always order things in our lives? Do we not more often reverse them? We spend our time and our money on ourselves and then on our families. And then in a distant third place, do we give to God? And to be sure, there are times where, by the working of the Holy Spirit, we are faithful with what God gives us. God be praised. But we shouldn't pat ourselves on the back. Because we all feel in our hearts the temptation to act otherwise, to make ourselves first and God last. And we have repeatedly. And sometimes we've done it for years. We've placed our wants first and God's or God last. Now there's one aspect of this parable that often gets overlooked. And that is the reaction of the master, the rich man. When he found out what the manager was doing, he didn't punish him. He fired him, but he didn't throw him in jail, which would have been well within his rights. Instead, he was merciful. Remember what we said, the rich man in the parable stands for God. God, likewise, places us as managers over what belongs to him. And he also sees how we often mismanage what he gives. And we sin when we do that. God sees our mismanagement, how we waste and squander what he gives us. And you know what he does? He forgives. He has mercy on us. Instead of demanding and accounting from us for our evil deeds, he accepts Christ's accounting on our behalf. Christ balanced the ledger when he made the full payment for our sin on the cross. And that full payment, that balancing, is counted to us by faith. This parable, it, it's a tricky one. I did not pick it to preach on in seminary. But we hear it today, together, in this parable. In this parable, Jesus teaches us that we are only managers of what is, God, what is given to us. We should use our possessions to further our master's goals. That his glory be proclaimed in all the earth, that our families and neighbors would be provided for, and then third, distantly, on ourselves in thankfulness to God. We must confess that we do not always keep those goals in that order, and we sin. Like the master, however, 
Our God is merciful. He forgives. Let us pray this week that he would continue to grant us to think and do those things that are right with what ultimately belongs to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.